0: on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets. Now they are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. I'm a feminist, but Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby One More Time is a tune. And I wish I looked that good in a school uniform. Yeah, <laughs> I actually would. I would like to look like Britney Spears in the school uniform, if I'm entirely honest. I know that's not noble. I wouldn't normally (laughs) confess it, even on I'm a feminist, but, but fuck it. I'm that deep into lockdown now. I'm just going to be honest with you and say I'd love to look like that. I'd love to look all cutesy and adorable and do a little dance and have everyone go, oh, isn't she cute and sexy at the same time. Definitely, yeah. I would just love a fluffy pen. I'm just very jealous of her stationery. Oh, and there's some you know, fluffy bubbles pleasure. in her hair as well.
1: Yeah. That, look, Brittany can pull that off. I can't. Like, that is, that is annoying.
0: Um, the thing is, I didn't look sexy when I was a six-former. And I know we're not meant to infantilise and sexualise six-formers, mm-hmm. obviously. We shouldn't do that. But obviously, six-formers are sexy to other six-formers. And obviously, you know, some of them are like 17 and stuff and... Free to be sexy in the way that young women are free to be sexy. I'm getting myself into a corner here. I can't yeah. I want to do a three point time now. embracing the sexuality of every woman who is overage and, in fact, completely ignoring it of every woman who is underage because that is, in fact, a girl. I'm not mm-hmm. a girl, not yet a woman. Please fucking do. And I'm a feminist by Alison Spittle, so I can stop talking about this. <laughs>
1: That is your most I'm a feminist, but ever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't count if you don't have to explain it uh, for about two minutes after. Like that is a true I'm a feminist,
0: but it I is. It. it is. I'd love once in my life to look that young and that hot, and also to be a bit like ooh my loneliness is killing me i want to be able to kind of go ooh, and people look think it looks sexy and not embarrassing but it's never going to happen it's too late it's passed me by i never looked like that anyway i don't care i've grown into my looks shut up allison talk <laughs> <laughs> i will talk
1: i'll talk um i'm a feminist but i saw a picture of a mushroom that looks like an iris and i felt jealous of that mushroom and I thought, I thought, I wanted, I wanted my arse to look like that mushroom. And I thought about my self-esteem, that it's so fragile that it is shook by a woodland fungus. And then I wrote down a list of five ways I'm better
0: than that mushroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you have eaten the mushroom and was it a very special sort of mushroom?
1: <laughs> I wish, Deborah, it needs to
0: be destroyed. No mushroom can look that good. Was that a particularly sexy mushroom? See, I feel better about mine now. I think actually, you know, early Britney is objectively hot, so yeah. it's all right to so kind of sometimes feel jealous of her. So <laughs> feeling jealous of the young Britney Spears is a different, yeah. complete kettle of fish from feeling feeling jealous, sexually jealous of fungi.
1: That's true. <laughs> But but the thing is, at least like you know, like the thing is, I can step on that mushroom and it's gone. You can't do that with Brittany. She's a legend. Like
0: you know, was the mushroom singing? Oops, I've done it again.
1: Yeah, I'm desperately trying to think of some sort of mushroom Brittany uh, pun here, or some sort of like. Uh, no, I was trying. Coming. I was
2: trying to think of uh, mush, mushroom varieties well, and the closest I could get was porcini bopper. Is that porcini uh, bopper?
1: Well, I yeah, um, hope yeah. it's not toxic. You know? Yeah. Hey. <laughs>
2: that was good. That was good. <laughs>
1: cool, I'm out for the night. Thanks guys. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um yeah, so like uh I, I did actually write down the words I had a TV show and that mushroom doesn't. Uh which I think is a real good indicator of my sanity at the moment.
0: <laughs> I'm a feminist, but Melania Trump can fuck off and take her sarcastic <laughs> jacket and her creepy fucking Christmas trees with her. Yeah, I,
1: yeah. I watched it today. I watched her speech because I just wanted to see her sad. Like that is bad. That is like <laughs> it isn't. It isn't like at the all. Corners I, of her mouth.
0: Like I think at first we were just like she just stood there and said nothing. And we were like, oh, does she need help and all of that. But now na- it's so clear. It's so clear now. She is a Trump supporter. Now, that should have been incredibly clear when she married him, but it's not always. Yeah, that she was going along with, you know, being first lady and stuff. But it wasn't really clear. And now I'm like, of course it was clear. Of course it was clear. She won't show Dr. Biden around the White House. Michelle Obama showed her around the White House. And she was one of those birthers who used to go around saying Obama wasn't born in America. And yet she was like, oh, this is the guest bedroom. You know, she sucked it the fuck up. Michelle Obama went, grit my teeth and do the right thing because, you know, transference of power, democracy, blah, 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 yada, 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 noble thing. And she can't even show Jill around the fucking, you know, say that's, that Lou's got a bit of a funny handle.
1: I'm t- well, this is it. I don't trust Donald Trump not to shit in the cistern. Like, I feel like he's just done a stinky poo somewhere hidden in the White House if I was Joe I mean, Biden, I would fumigate that house for two weeks. I would not move in. I would genuinely get a secret <laughs> service to look around. Because I'd say Trump has done a shit under a desk. Like, he does seem the like that type of The secret
0: service person. is going to do a lot more than look around. They just, you know, they, they went <laughs> rampantly... <laughs> They're not just going to come in and do a quick finger test to make sure it's not very dusty. They are going to do... Did you not see people storming the Capitol? And they, some of them took in bombs and things to kidnap people with. They, I think they're going to do a pretty thorough job of that. It's okay. not going to be like when you go into an Airbnb and you go, have they cleaned this?
2: That's <laughs> that." I realize mean, that someone's wiped really down fun. the
0: counters. But some of these cupboards are really dirt. I don't think they've done a thorough clean. It's not like it's not gonna be like an Airbnb transfer. It's not. Uh, hopefully. Someone I know, he's a... Mm. I mean, is womanizer an okay phrase to use? Probably yeah. not. I wouldn't have thought so. It's a Britney. Well, he, song. He, he's <laughs> Well there you go. It's on a He's a shagger, basically. This guy. Mm-hmm. And it was with a woman who thought it was more and he he didn't. And uh He's he, a cad. He's a CAD, he's a bounder, a rover, if you will. A rover. And um, and she stitched well, in a car. <laughs> yes, reliable. He's the opposite of that. She stitched prawns into his curtains, into the cur- so into the curtain hem. So she went to a lot of trouble. She went and got Incredible. prawns and mm-hmm. then she took the hem of the curtains down put prawns in, stitched them in. Handy. Oh, craftivism that is, isn't it? And she stitched yes. it all up. And then he did not know what the smell was and cause couldn't work it out because it was stitched into a hem until eventually. Uh, oh, so, my God. So, listen. I She's wouldn't my put past Trump cycle. to have done something like that. Were they cooked? Were they cooked or uncooked? Do you know, I didn't ask that. But what, <laughs> what, what, would, what, what would smell worse? I don't know. I wouldn't I have got. Like- I wouldn't get to the trouble of cooking them because they're going to go off anyway, right? Sorting yeah, them in garlic yeah. it'd be too tempted to, to eat them
1: that's the best thing I've ever heard done with prawns since the prawn ring from Iceland that is innovation that is revenge
0: <laughs> that is <laughs> grace do you have a, a revenge fantasy uh
2: no I just wanted to say that um I don't know if this is relevant but um just just gonna circle back to the cad and the prawn story and as Brittany would say prawn to make you happy
1: um- Oh, that's strong work, Grace Yeah, do yeah. Can we, we change yeah. the subject to Britney Spears? Can, can we I thought like we already had. Happens. Sorry, I've got a page <laughs> full of these.
0: The, if, if Britney, Britney puns are not going to
1: be what's welcome
0: tonight, then uh, I probably should just sign off now, to be honest. No, no. Beautiful. Mm. In fact, could we make your job tonight, uh, as we talk to our guests who have important things to say, If you do see a Britney pun or if you can find a way of making one and you've got full use of Google, no one's going to judge you for that, Grace. Um, Just if you could just raise a hand and we will. Yeah,
2: I'll be honest with you, Deb. I think that's going to end in spears.
0: Oh!
2: Oh! (laughs) Oh, Amazing. (laughs) Good night, Vienna. Wow, that's.
0: (laughs) So, oh, uh, have you got an I'm a feminist part?
1: I do, I do. Uh, I'm okay. This is a bad. I'm a feminist, but genuinely. So, I'm a feminist, but okay. So I'll just say I'll say the crime and then I'll explain it. Right. I'm a feminist, but I fell asleep during a Zoom meeting with a violence against women charity. Uh. So what happened? (laughs) I know. I know that's so bad.
0: (laughs) What What happened? It was. We're trying hard not to judge you as a group. Like, okay, my it's Tutton sisters. It's your job to work on not judging Alison because the rest of us we can't. It just we I judge.
3: wasn't. I wasn't actually going to judge. I actually prepared, and I'm a feminist. But and it was after watching Bridgerton, the only way I could fall asleep was reading feminist literature. Um, so I, oh. I don't judge. You. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Lordy a good one. You were a better feminist than me. <laughs> it's not the way most people fell asleep after watching Bridgerton, if you know what I mean. Ay-ay-ay-ay. 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 <laughs> Debra, watched
1: I, watched, mm. I watched Bridgerton with my mum and her partner who's blind and he doesn't use the facilities that Netflix have where they have that kind of um, audio subtitles. So one time it went really silent there was just a lot of music and he said, what's going on now? And I was like... Um, uh, she's masturbating,
0: so I just <laughs> <had> to... <laughs> Oh my god! That was the
1: most awkward box day ever, it was just... <laughs> oh my god. He never asked me again. I feel like I'm holding the up but I, I do no, my no, next... No, 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 sorry, water? so you fell asleep on a Zoom. So what happened is, I don't know about you, Deborah, right, but... Today, I'm in a seat, I'm looking into the laptop, but sometimes I pop it on my mobile and I just put a fake background on in the back and I just have my floating head there. And it was a meeting with like 16 other people and I was just there for the meeting. I wasn't really being a presenter on Anifin. It's, it's actually a lovely meeting. It's, um, a lot of women in comedy in Ireland are getting together to try and create a code of conduct to stop sexual assault within comedy. So it's a really good thing what they're doing and we're working with Dublin Rape Crisis and I was just there and I was in bed on the Zoom meeting. I thought I could do both, Deborah. And I woke up. And <laughs> we've all it thought was... that in the past. <laughs> I
0: know. We've all thought we can be a little bit relaxed in a Zoom in a way that we wouldn't be if we were in a real live meeting room and we just do a chaise long meeting because it's the end of a long day.
1: Absolutely. I feel like I'm in Regency Britain when I'm like that. You know, I'm just like, I t- I'll take my appointments now. And, I'll li- and I was lying back. <laughs> anyway, Deborah, I woke up. It was dark. There was no one left on the Zoom call. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, what
0: no. I <laughs> oh, no. I thought you maybe you just nodded off for a second and closed your eyes and thought, oh, my God. <gasps> so <I kind> of... <sighs> and they, they just and you left have... you there. They, they didn't wake you want... up. <laughs> it's <No>. so
1: funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a snorer, Deb. Like, they would have had <laughs> to mute me. Like, they would have had to mute me. I feel so bad. <laughs> I feel so bad. So... <sighs> To everyone that was at that to me, and I'm so sorry. You're amazing people and
0: thank you so much. But oh my God, I felt so embarrassed. Like never again, Deborah. Um, has anyone else got an I'm a Feminist Bart? Amica, do you have one? Well, I had one that was
4: also Bridgerton related. Yeah, so it was oh, mine, exactly. Oh, we <laughs> Bridgerton, I'm a Feminist
0: Bart. Go on, Amica.
4: Well, so Why I finished that? it. I was a bit late to the game, so I only finished it last night. And I started it at like, it's probably like 9.30. I was like, okay, it's just over an hour Get it finished, that's like 10 30, 10 40, early night. I went to bed at two because I was Googling reggae jean Page relationship history, date, um reggae Jean Page, <laughs> Phoebe, and Phoebe dating location. Oh, at one point I literally Googled Reggae Jean Page location right now. <laughs> oh my
0: god.
1: Thinking it would was- Wow. He didn't <laughs> come up. Like he's a Starbucks, like nearest one to me. I'm a feminist, but I saw a tree um, that had a hole in it that looked like a gaping vagina, and it was filled... <laughs> 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 and, uh, Go on. <laughs> and it was filled with religious paraphernalia.
0: god. <laughs> you really are an <laughs> island, aren't you? I am yeah, an island, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, I, I, oh. and I, I
1: then had to go home and write a list about how I'm better than that gaping vagina full of religious paraphernalia <laughs> and how my self esteem is not controlled by that. So that's number one, I can get a lot more. Just saying, medical science. Uh,
0: you can get a lot uh, more?
1: Uh, yeah. Ri- <laughs> Do you know what, Deborah? I started the sentence and then I got afraid. <laughs> so then I thought I'd just be quiet and people can think their own thing and cancel
0: themselves. I thought be... <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a true own cancellation. One day and it'll um... happen. Everyone'll think their own thing and cancel themselves. <laughs> <laughs> From a variety of bedrooms and kitchens via Zoom, The Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, guest co-host Alison Spittle, and our very special guests, Amika George, Maya Tutton, and Gemma Tutton, talking about making it happen with music from Grace Petrie. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis-White, with me is Alison Spittle, and we're talking about making it happen. Um So, are Alison, um, yes. how are you?
1: I am, okay. Uh, how am I feeling? It's, what, is it our third lockdown at this
0: stage? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's sort of... There hasn't really been anything but lockdown since March. There's just been varying degrees of lockdown. Mm-hmm,
5: so mm-hmm. there was the
0: first serious one. Then there was the use your common sense. Oh, well, if Dominic Cummings can drive to Barnard Castle, I can probably visit a friend one. And then everyone yeah. in the whole of the UK got COVID and they went, no, no there's no reasonable measures now just stay in your home. Or you'll be tackled to the ground by a heavily masked police officer. And since that point, I've not left the house.
1: Look, I feel like I'm Elizabeth Taylor and uh, Sanity is Richard Burton. And we're, we're kind of meant for each other, but we're a bit separate at the moment. And, you know,
0: <laughs>
1: I'm eventually it'll come back. That's how I
0: feel. <laughs> You're going to be married to Sanity again at some point. <laughs> yeah, will, it be a, will, will there be a wedding will you announce when sanity and you are reunited will there be a glamorous dress and some jewels and a, absolutely
1: and, a, and everybody will roll their eyes and go that ain't lasting long and I'll be like <laughs> I don't care <laughs> I, I and love everybody he loves me,
0: me you. you don't know we're meant to be um, exactly <laughs> I hope you'll be on the front cover of hello magazine when it happens oh look
1: I would love that. I would would love, (laughs) what, to be be photographed of your own sanity? (laughs) Alison Spittle is wearing a dress from uh, New Look, because that's the only place it's open now, that will, on the high street for fat women. So I'll be like, Alison is dressed in New Look, with pictured with sanity here by the moon. (laughs) And it, like, yeah, it'll be, anyway, sorry, this analogy... Well, I've dragged it out too long, like Elizabeth Taylor and uh, Richard Burton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to suggest a fragrance from you called Sanity. Alison Spittle. Yes. Sanity. Sanity by Alison <laughs> Spittle. And then, and like mm-hmm. it could have like bath gel and, you know, and um, body cream that goes with. I thought you were
1: going to say bath salts, and I was like, that is no solution for sanity. Like, that is uh, people. <laughs> um, well, they fizz. No, like,
0: In unfortunate places.
1: Oh, the perfume. It's not lasting long. Just a little bit of sanity. That's how I feel every time Mm. a lockdown finishes. It's like I get a little spritz and then I stink and I stink and then another spritz again and I can just about deal with life. Please, Deborah, stop
0: me. Please watch out for the new Alison Spittle fragrance. And if you do run a fragrance house, Alison Spittle is open to making her fragrance, which is called Sanity. And to be honest, that would sell at the moment, a fragrance called Sanity. (laughs)
1: It is. Just... De- Deborah, to be honest with you, I've been making my own fragrance uh, during lockdown by not showering. And it's been uh, <laughs> very cheap. It's very cheap.
0: Are you in London or Ireland at the moment? I'm in Ireland, babes. I'm in Ireland. You went back I, for I Christmas and you, you've not come back.
1: I did that whole thing. I've seen my life, Deborah, like this whole through lockdown, like the slowest game of musical chairs ever. And the music has stopped <laughs> in Dublin. And the older has just not only stopped the stereo, but has set fire to the stereo. And I don't know what oh. to do. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, Deborah. Because just... you can't get back now. Because
0: you went back before we went into tier four and then tier five. We, upped, we ramped up tier four. It goes all the way up to 11 now, I think. It's, I don't know. Um, yes. I feel like we're in a tier now that if you say you don't believe in COVID, a fairy dies of COVID. Uh-
1: Jenny, um, yeah, I want Johnson and Johnson shampoo, mate. I want no more tears. I just want
0: to. <laughs> I just want the to end. I don't want any products with Johnson on them at the moment. If I'm entirely honest,
1: <laughs> it is his doing. It is like
0: <laughs> if I'm very, very, very honest, I feel like one Johnson is enough, and Johnson and Johnson is is really we're really verging on. No, not for the, me, Deborah.
1: The, I like to.
0: <laughs> you like to be um, between a pair of Johnsons.
1: <laughs> it's just, I, just fear, I fear. I that me and you are now just making people uncomfortable around us. That, that is, is our main it function. That is our main function.
0: Well, listen. I'm sorry that you got stuck in Dublin, but actually, it must be quite nice to be with your family.
1: Oh, so I'm in the in-laws, and I have to say, Deborah. Like I, I'll save oh, I've I've done a little diary for you for like the because stand up. I don't know where she lives anymore. Don't know how to do it. So, but um, <laughs> she's not here. Has she moved uh, you with sanity,
0: by any chance?
1: Oh I, look, they're they're carrying on at the moment, and I've just left here seething, <laughs> looking at them both. Come, I'll get you back <laughs> uh, one day.
0: <laughs> Has um, Satie run off with stand-up comedy? I feel like you've, it's interesting, you've anthropomorphised so much in your life. I feel like there's a great animated film for you at the moment where all of these things are outside of you. Debra, you honestly sound like my counsellor. It's a bit like, what's that one for children where it's kind of joy and, you know, all of the emotions? What's that one called? Inside Inside Out. Out.
1: Inside Out, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it is. You could do a grown-up version of that for you in which stand-up comedy and sanity are shagging. It would be a very grown up animation.
1: And I'll just be sitting in a corner crying. Like, it'll be like, I'm sure there's specialist websites for that. Of like, you
0: know, people ah, ah, at someone
1: in a corner there crying. Not, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you're but staying yeah. at your in laws. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that. And I really hope they don't listen to this podcast.
1: Actually, well, Bridget does. She's a massive fan. So hello, Bridget. Uh, no, she'll, oh, yeah, Bridget, she'll be cool of
0: course. Bridget yeah. came to the Vicar Street show. She used to be a clown. Yes! Your mum-in-law. Your mother-in-law. Yes. Yeah, I remember. She's amazing. She's amazing. And
1: she'll love right. this shout
0: out. Okay, hello. So Please welcome to the microphone, Alison Spittel! Woo! So,
1: this ain't stand-up because death doesn't exist anymore. Um, but what I've done is um, I've written down some thoughts that I've had over the past little while. And I'm going to read them out. And by the way, you see, and Gracie, you'll have to stop me here. I can't remember what I put in, like, did I say this at the start? um, That the third lockdown is like the third iteration of Take That. Like, you know, the first one happens and you're like, wow, this is really great. This is really cool. How novel. Like, I wonder how long this is going to last. And then the second time it happens, you're like, okay, this is a natural progression. It has to be done. And the third iteration where two of them are gone now, you're like, nah. I'm not liking this, <laughs> and, and I'm not looking forward to a fifth or fourth because then it's just going to be barlow, is it? And for the fifth iteration, and I like the man. He's a, he seems like a nice man, but mm, no. So this is um. So this is what I said, I right? He
0: pays tax and stuff, though, right? Isn't he a Tory? He doesn't he pay tax.
1: <laughs> He's a t- massive tax evader.
3: Sorry, massive, so, sorry evader. to interrupt
0: your stream of consciousness slash stand up. So sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, no, do, please no, what? we're heckling, we're heckling because we think he's a Tory. Continue, Alison.
1: No, please do heckle away, Deborah. because when you heckle me, I think it makes it funnier anyway. You're a very good facilitator of people being funny. Um, so thank you. This Now, that sounds powerful. That's depressing. what I put on
0: my CV. Not a comedian, but a good facilitator of others being funny.
1: <laughs> I knew you'd take it that <laughs> way and I regret saying it. <laughs> no, I
0: didn't really, didn't really. I'm just joking, I'm just joking. I didn't take um, it that way, I promise. I
1: so, um... What I find myself missing with this third lockdown is I really want to go to Spain or Portugal or somewhere nice and hot. And then I want to be too hot that I go to a supermarket to be where the air conditioning is. And then look at all the different flavored crisps, you know, like ketchup flavor. And I want to look at it and I want to go, I want to be the type of person that's able to eat dill flavored crisps. And then I'll just get cheesy puffs because they're safe and that's what I know. But I, and also, like I want to look around where the cheap wine is and feel that I'm treating myself by buying myself a four euro bottle of wine because it's like mid tier. Like it's amazing how cheap the wine is in Portugal and Spain. And I think for me, this sums up twenty twenty one for me altogether. Is that I ordered a Christmas decoration in early December for a Christmas tree. I thought it'd be a little piffy joke, right? I, bu- I bought this Christmas decoration that's decorated with the words 2020 uh, was shit, right? There it is. No! Nice. Um, yeah, but it came, it came to me an hour after I put down all the Christmas decorations in January. I got it in the post. <laughs> an hour after I put away Aww. the Christmas tree... And it came into me in two pieces. It was broken. It's broken. So I've received a broken <laughs> Christmas decoration that said 2021. So if proof, of start, which proof think we're needed. Sums up 2021. And then what else about 2021? I'm in the in laws at the moment and they're lovely. I love it. Um, I thought I had COVID at the start of January. So I self isolated. Uh, came back negative. But my lovely uh, mother in law, Bridget, she was making all the food and leaving it at the door because I had to self-isolate until I could get a test. Like, she made me melon balls and stuff. And that's, that's something I'd never give myself. And it felt like such a beautiful kind of moment of kindness. And um, she brought me to get my COVID test in the car. And I put on false eyelashes to get my COVID test. Like, because <laughs> what else was I going to do it? And the army in Ireland are doing the COVID test at the moment. So I feel like those eyelashes were I don't know not wasted, and then I was thinking <laughs> why have I put false eyelashes for a man to put uh, a swab up my nose as if like we're gonna make eye contact? And plus I have a boyfriend, like <laughs> but like I think it's gonna happen that he was gonna you know he's gonna put the swab up my nose and go I love the way her nasal passage feels like this is it like this is the one. <sighs> And, you know, that sounds very wrong, and I didn't verbalize that sentence. I wrote it down and now I've said it out, and I'm like, no, and um, since I've come back, Sounds to my like penetration
0: love, with a swab, that's what you've it, described there, Anna. It is, it
1: is. <laughs> um, but I came here, and um, because I moved from Ireland to England, I left a lot of my stuff here, so behind me is like a piece of art that I had in my house in Ireland that I didn't bring over with me to England. But I left an aloe vera plant that was really struggling at the time and I couldn't, I, you know, it was so small. I've come back, it's the size of my leg. Like this woman is the best nurturer ever. I'm looking at that aloe vera plant and it's looking back at me like, look, you've abandoned me and I thrived. I thrived. I look, you know. <laughs> I Honestly, today I put a uh, moisturizer in my eye by accident And I didn't clean it out because I just wanted to feel something. Like I was like, oh, this is different. Like a bit of eye pain. you know, this will really break up the day. And I'm looking at that aloe vera plant with my eye all streaming down. And it's looking at me like you can't, you couldn't even look after me and you can't even keep moisturiser out of your eye, you know. (laughs) So those are my thoughts. And thank you so much for listening, guys.
0: (laughs) I'm now imagining that aloe vera plant. Woo! I'm now Woo! imagining that Alavira part going, walk out the door, don't turn <laughs> around yeah. now, because you know you're not welcome fans- anymore. That Alavira yep.
1: part would have been perfect for my eye. It would have like, you know, made my eye feel better. Yeah. But, you know, I've treated it so badly that it's not willing to do that anymore. So yeah, it's so hard with stand-up yeah. club doing, doing this online. I'm like it's bad to do comedy and then go I've finished now do you know like, oh, it's, it's, like it it's like sex if you just went I don't like I'm done <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> can we both agree to stop <laughs> <laughs> I've had an alright time and now we're done <laughs> like you I know I mean somebody's I've gotta call that. it sorry yes. about. So somebody's oh
0: definitely <laughs> Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah. We're all stuck inside, but we're doing what we can to bring you as much Guilty Feminist goodness as possible. On Wednesday, the 27th of January, you can sign up to watch us record an episode of the podcast live at King's Place in London. There'll be no live audience because of lockdown, but we will be there and it will all be safely done. We can read out your comments and questions and you can get to see us as well as hear us and see all the things we cut out of the final edit. And if you can't make 7.30 p.m. UK time, you've got a whole 72 hours in which to watch the recording. To get your tickets, go to kingsplace.co.uk or see the link on our website. I'm also doing another series of Skills Booster webinars. We got such great feedback from these at the end of last year, but some people said the afternoon time wasn't great for them. So I'm doing the same three topics, but at 8.30pm in the evening, so you can join me after you've got home from work or put the kids to bed or walked the dog. And if you watched last time, do feel free to watch again. The topics are the same, but I always think of new things to say and new ways to say them, and people always ask different questions. We're starting Wednesday, 17th of Feb, with Include Yourself and Include Others, and you can get tickets by going to guiltyfeminist.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. And also, Refugee Community Kitchen are still looking for more volunteers. So if you're in any way able to look into that with a view to volunteering, they would appreciate it so much. Lastly, thank you so much to everyone who has signed up to support us on Patreon. We really couldn't keep the podcast going without your support. No exaggeration. We're doing regular monthly Zoom hangouts where you can ask me questions, hear what's going on in my life. And for the next one, Monday 25th of January, we're doing a Burns Night poetry special with some surprise guests. It'll be feminist poetry, not Burns poetry. Let's be incredibly honest. So to be a part of that, and lots of jokes and lols and chat. So to be part of that, go now to patreon.com slash guiltyfeminist and sign up. We've also just released some warm-up material from the North American tour, exclusive to Patreon, so there's lots of goodies waiting for you. I know the pandemic has hit a lot of people very hard, but if you're not already contributing and it's possible for you to show your support, then every penny really does count. And if you can't help us financially, why not spread the word? We love it when new listeners find a podcast, so if you could write about it, tweet about it, make an Instagram story with a little recording, or just tell someone you know about it, that would be a great help. Thanks to everyone who's listening to this. Guilty Feminist listeners are the best in the world. We do love you all. And now, back to the podcast. All right, so uh, we're going to go to our guests. I can't wait. Our first guest today is a 20-year-old student at Cambridge University who, at the age of 17, started the Free Periods campaign that went on to successfully persuade the UK government to provide free menstrual products in all English schools and colleges. And we remember her well because she came on the podcast at the time to ask the guilty feminist to come down to a protest outside the House of Commons, uh, which I went to. And I remember that really well because I'm a feminist, but I had been writing and I hadn't put any makeup on. I thought, well, it's going to be dark, isn't it? And then Channel 4 News shone a Huge, great big fuck of light in my face. And I honestly looked so bad. I've never forgotten it. (laughs) Back to Amica, not to make Amica's enormous CV all about me. She has received global recognition for her campaigning work, including receiving a Goalkeeper's Campaign Award by Bill and Melinda Gates, who have themselves solved polio uh, in conjunction with the United Nations. Oh, so Bill and Melinda Gates and the United Nations gave you that award, did they? I mean, you've got quite fancy friends there, haven't you? Do you (laughs) WhatsApp Bill
4: Gates now? Do you ever WhatsApp yeah. Do yeah, you? yeah, he, we keep in inter- touch. No, not really. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I haven't like, heard
0: from him since, I'm afraid. You haven't heard from him since because I was like, he would be, if you were fundraising for something, he'd be quite a good one to have on the WhatsApp. Oh, that would be handy.
4: But it wasn't kind of as individualised, I would say, as just Bill and Melinda Gates. It was kind of the wider, um, it's called the Global Goals, which, Deb, I think you know about. Um, and,
0: yeah, so it was kind of England. need to be so honest. A man wouldn't be so honest. A man would be like, yeah, Bill and I... <laughs> We sometimes see each other now. We have coffee. Um, And, and, I'm not yet done with Annika's CV. She was listed by Time magazine as one of the 25 most influential teenagers, wait for it, in the whole fucking world. Wow. Wow. 25 most influential teenagers. How pissed were you when you turned 20? Was that a (laughs) water meaningless night? You know what? (laughs) You know what? I wasn't gonna I was
4: gonna mention it, Deborah, because I didn't wanna interrupt your introduction because you were in the flow of it, but I am now twenty
0: one. I turned twenty one a couple of months ago, which think, God, how are you still mm twenty? But I thought, I know. well, that's typical of you, isn't it? To still be 20.
5: <laughs> even though Define. four years have
0: passed, I was like, with that glowing skin <laughs> and that lustrous hair, she probably got a year's dispensation on ageing. Probably came from the Queen. You get a telegram from the Queen when you get on that 25 most influential, you get an extra year as a teenager. Yeah, 20 forever. They change it by good. deed poll. I mean, probably, probably. So please welcome... With absolutely no irritation in my voice, the incredible Amika George. <laughs> Woo! Oh wait, I can make noise. Absolutely. Sorry. Um, she is joined by other Gen Zs. I'm assuming you're Gen Z. Uh, well, I am, but she is middle aged, so you know. <laughs> She's 16.
5: She's she's squarely in the Britney Spears teenage. Yeah, so you're 16, good... Gemma. Yeah unfortunately
3: yeah and i was gonna say i mind? could
5: lend you i'm 21 <laughs> you're both gendered uh, yes. oh yeah
3: i could lend you my my school uniform because obviously i'm not using it right now and you could cut it up
0: and make your own britney spears video if you wanted that's the uh, most generous no offer use. i've had from an activist on this podcast they normally you're asking for stuff if i'm honest they're normally oh can you raise some money for us oh can you help us out? raise awareness You're the first one, Gemma, that's come along and said, I'll lend you my school uniform for a Britney Spears tribute act that you can only do in your own bedroom out of embarrassment. (laughs) I like you, Gemma. You're my favourite.
3: I'd like, I'd like that to be
0: put on my CV um, because, yeah, mine's not as uh, impressive as Amica's, though. So. Nobody's is. Don't allow yourself to feel intimidated by Amica George's CV. You'll spend no. the rest of your life, you know, trying to... Listen, why Why am I trying to be like yes. Britney Spears when I should ch- clearly trying to be like Amica George? Um, Stop. She's joined, Amica George, is joined, I should start this again to be sensible, by Gemma Tutton, who was 16, and Maya Tutton, mm. who was 21... The sisters behind the Our Streets Now campaign, which is pushing for real legislative change to tackle street harassment. Motivated yes. by their own experiences of being subjected to sexist, humiliating, or degrading comments, the Tutton sisters are calling for public sexual harassment to be made a criminal offence in the UK. And now I feel even worse that Gemma's offered me her school uniform
2: because I clearly implied that I wanted it.
0: Please welcome Gemma and Maya Tutton! Woo! <laughs> <Yeah, that's awesome. laughs> Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. um she clapped herself
1: sorry wow that I me... my boobs i think put had a hand in my
0: book this yeah. has been this has already been a delight and we haven't even started talking about your activism yet um so amica we've teased you about being so successful but you you know you you have by 21 you've graduated cambridge now yeah
4: No, I'm in my third year. I act like I've graduated because I do no work, but
0: I actually do have a dissertation due imminently and exams in a few months, which is Do no work is, you're going to get a first and you've published a book before graduation. I don't want to hear do no work. I I can, I visited you actually in Cambridge because the Guilty Feminist came to Cambridge and you were in the audience and we talked afterwards outside and it was amazing. Um, It was, it was so amazing. And Grace, I think you performed, which was incredible. I was just going
2: to say, was that the Cambridge Corn Exchange? Because we didn't meet, because I think I went straight home after the gig. I had to drive home that night, but uh, I was in yeah. that one, yeah.
0: Yeah, no. that was the one. My friend well, Mike came with me. Well, there was a rocking party afterwards. Uh, it, was... <laughs> it was me,
4: Deborah, my friend Micah, sitting by some bins outside. <laughs> um,
0: sex, drugs, <drive laughs> and autism awesome gang. Yeah. Uh, we were not messing around. We were, we were putting the world to right over what might have been half a cheeky menthol cigarette. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that part. <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't smoke it, Annika. You probably didn't smoke it. You were probably telling me not to smoke it, no doubt. She was looking on in horror, Deborah. That's what probably. <laughs> probably. Now, Amica, can you tell us, because you've got a new book out, in which Gemma and Maya appear. And I appear, actually. You do. Not to promote myself as part of this, but I was very delighted to be asked to do the book. Can you tell us about the book?
4: I would love to. So yeah, so the book has been quite a long time in the making. It was supposed to come out in September of 2020 and then pandemic hit and it's now been delayed. So it comes out on the 21st of January. I don't know if this will be out by then probably. Yeah. Um. So it's Thursday, the 21st of January and it's called Make It Happen. And the idea is that whoever you are, whatever your age or gender or location or your background, I think in today's climate when We turn on the news or look at social media and often feel quite disappointed, I would say, with the kind of political leadership that we see and the people that we've trusted to make make decisions for us. I think that, for me, that's the role of activism and that's why I think anyone should be an activist. And I think, especially for our generation right now, growing up on social media, we do have this incredible tool that enables us to kind of be creative with our ideas, talk about the issues that make us angry and connect with other activists. And for me, that's what the book kind of aims to achieve. I think my ultimate dream would be if everyone who read the book thought, oh, I have that one, that one thing that's really annoyed me or something at my school or something that I saw online and then actually did something about it. If that happened, that would be my absolute dream. And we'd live in a world of activists and people starting their own campaigns. And I don't think that's a far cry. I think that can definitely happen because activism right now feels not just accessible, but also really urgent. Um, It doesn't feel like, you know, much as stuff is changing quickly enough. The issues that we care about the most, especially as young people like racism or the climate crisis um, or patriarchy, these things aren't going to go away overnight. So it has to be activists actively taking a stand to try and do something about them. And I should definitely talk about the amazing 28 activists, including Maya and Jammer and you, Deborah, who I've been so honoured to be able to speak to and feature their stories because I didn't want my own journey of activism with um, my campaign Free Periods to kind of be presented as the only way of doing activism because it's definitely not. And I think it can come in all different shapes and Sizes and it doesn't really matter who you are or how you choose to do it or what your issue is I think activism is the way forward
0: wonderful really wonderful I think the variety in the book is really the key because I think there is something for everyone I think activist can be a big word where you think oh my god am I one of those am I one of those people mm. but it's just if you see something and you want it to be different from how it is it makes you unhappy or you can see it makes other people unhappy or both How could you make it different? Is there anything you could do? Is there anyone you could talk to? Are there other people who feel like this? Is there a band of people online that you could, if you put up something, would they join you? Is there something already going that you could add your voice to? And how do you change things? And I think Mm. your story is so brilliant because you saw that girls in school were missing days of school because they didn't have sanitary products and they were getting their periods and weren't able to come into school or didn't feel they could come into school. And you went, okay, what would solve that is just free sanitary products for everyone. And then you don't have to go to a teacher and go, oh, I'm really sorry, but I don't have that. I'm poor, I'm broke. You don't have to, there's no humiliation in it. You just come in and there they are and you can take as many as you like. You've saw that's the solution. And what I love about it is you were very young, but you went, there's one problem, there's one solution. And I think it's really easy to look at the world and go, It's too much. It's too much to change. But actually, as you say, if we all take one thing and we go, "That's my thing. I'm going to fix." Here's the problem. Here's the solution. And some things obviously are bigger than others. But I loved the fact that you got it done. You changed the law. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, thank
2: you. Big old deal that changing the law.
0: That's not nothing. You know, that's a big old thing. And I remember, I remember going down in that first protest. yeah, And we put it out to the listeners and so many of them came down. And I'm sure, you know, Scarlett Curtis and Grace Campbell introduced us to you from Pink Protest and they told all their followers. And then we were all down there, you know, speaking on the South Bank. And I remember, I think it was Jess Phillips and Stella Creasy came down and then they were like, well, we'll we'll put that to the government. Yeah, we work. We work for you. We'll put that to the government. And um, next thing you know, you've changed the law. And it's really inspiring because We need wins. We need to see. Oh, we can do it. And sometimes you just need to make a very simple goal and say, "This is what I am going to do," and do it for yourself. You need to do it. But the impact of that for girls for learning in this country for you know forever is is huge. Now, how did you meet Gemma and Maya? (laughs) So I don't know if if we've ever been
4: on a podcast or anything together before, but me and Maya are actually friends at uni. So we met. I think we met in Freshers Week, didn't we? Yeah,
0: um, we met on your birthday, on your 8th,
5: oh, yeah. 19th. Yeah. yeah. When you oh, were still 19, one so.
0: of the 25 most influential teenagers in the world.
5: <laughs> before that fateful day yeah. when you turned 20 yeah, and ruined
0: impressive. it all. And then you were I just know, an ordinary grown-up. I know, Um became up. an
4: adult. I know. Um, but yeah, so I know Maya as a friend before an activist. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we met, I think, yeah, that was 20, 2018 when we were both starting uni. And then I think I, I don't think I met at all a bit later, but we, I remember we ha- kind of had this call in, was it summer, that summer after first year, Maya had mentioned to me that she was, she wanted to start a campaign tackling public sexual harassment. And we had this call where I was like talking about free periods. I think I was kind of just listing everything I did wrong, but you should do differently because that's kind of what I, I think what that call was actually a quite a pivotal moment for me in realizing that yeah I'd like learned quite a lot from free periods and made a lot of mistakes um and I was able to kind of like tell you from my experience what advice I would give and I think that kind of really also helped shape the book and that's that kind of its whole format is what I would have done differently and what um I would say to somebody who's about to start a campaign and then yeah and now our streets now has been incredible and really flourished.
5: Oh, well, yeah, I remember that conversation so well because I was, like, so overwhelmed Um, because we just started the petition because we, me and Jem had this conversation. We were just so angry about it, but like, I have to just do something. And I was just already feeling really overwhelmed, like, a couple of months into it. And you were like, Maya, take your time. Calm down. Like, <laughs> honestly, if I could speak to myself before, it'd be like, look after yourself. And, I like, everything you said in that phone call, I literally has been like has guided our campaign 100% and it's been so nice as well to just have you like in my life personally for when like the campaign goes wrong and I'm just like oh
1: my god um so yeah <laughs> oh the sincerity this is beautiful to watch <laughs> oh, <laughs> right am, isn't Christ. <laughs> oh I'm, I'm getting second-hand feels here it's so <laughs> lovely like it's oh. great to see friendship and like it's great to see women working together and and your sisters and your mates and it's lovely Really, really, ah! Oh. For the people that listening at home, there was some hugging, there was a chin on a shoulder there, and it was beautiful it was to see. Physical
0: contact in a pandemic world, it feels quite weird. Yes!
1: <laughs> when well, you live together, but
0: what I love is that Maya keeps sort of snuggling up to Gemma, and Gemma's going, get off. Oh, yeah, she gets <laughs> off. No, in <yeah>. a <laughs> oh, dynamic. She's going, Antivity. yeah, she's going, <sighs> stop, you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing me in front of the other activists. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's me. It is really impressive. And I, you know, I bang on about this generation a lot that I, I mean, we were not doing anything like this. I mean, we just, there was nobody was doing anything no. at this age, but I think the way that your generation are autodidacts, because you can teach yourself from the internet and also you can find each other and connect. So when you started Our Streets Now, you wanted to basically do what Amica did for period poverty, but you wanted to do it to change laws on street harassment. So, what is it that you want? How would you like the law to be changed?
5: Yeah, well, so we, so we do. Uh, <laughs> sorry. We do want the law to be changed. We also like, believe in cultural change as well, and we do loads of stuff in education. But in terms of the legal framework, essentially, like, verbal harassment isn't illegal, and there is no specific criminal offence for it in the UK. Whereas there is in you know, um, France and all sorts of countries across
0: the world, actually. Um, it's not my so experience of Paris, I have to say. I do, I've never yeah. felt. I've never felt like uh, less catcalls in Paris than I have in London. So is that where the law and... The, or is that where they need the law more in Paris?
5: Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's,
3: that's the place where they need cultural change. And that's why our streets is so... I mean, like the law is just one part of the campaign. And obviously it's so important, but it's more of like a foundation like that we can build on to really start going into other places like schools, like gyms. and Because if you say that's illegal, it's just... You can't really argue against that. So yeah, the legislation is really just one part of our campaign. Obviously, it's so important, but we're more focused on. I mean, I'm more focused on, and I think that's why this generation is so much, uh, it's so much easier to become an activist because you know, when we started the campaign, it was Maya, who, who is like really clever and doing all the emailing and MP stuff. And I like, I designed the Instagram page, which really allowed me to flourish. And now I get to talk to so many amazing women. Um, as you said, Alison, like it's, that's my favorite part of working. Um, whereas I would never have been able to do that without Instagram. And obviously it's horrific for so many other reasons, but it does mean that, that we have the chance to connect, um,
1: I think it's such a fantastic thing that you're fighting against because, like, verbal street harassment, I see it personally as a form of violence. I've been hit on the street before and I get a lot of verbal... Well, do you know what's not... Well, do you know what is funny? Like, about a month ago, I was like, do you know what? I haven't had anyone call me fat on the street in about oh I'd say about a year now that's amazing and I was like yeah this global pandemic love you've been in your house most of the time like, <laughs> it's not because of some cultural change and I think it would be great to get it across to people that like to get verbally harassed is to make someone feel unsafe and I think people no one should be made feel unsafe just because of their like and I do feel it's, it is gendered it totally is and uh yeah so I really support you in this and like, I found verbalising that I did an article about the first time I ever got on the Guilty Feminist. And it's the best thing I ever did, because I met Deborah. But, like, I did an article about street harassment, and then I got onto the Guilty Feminist through it. And I, I also did stand-up comedy. But, like, I feel that was a big reason of why I, I went on the Guilty Feminist. And that changed my life. And I think, like, if there is stuff that you see and you don't, I just think it's amazing that you're calling it out and I'm just, I'm just so, ha- I really support you fully and I can't, I can't wait to see what changed like, like I think even little changes, it, everything will be worth it. You know, the culture mm-hmm. change, you're so right about it. It isn't about the law, it is about, well it is about the law, but I don't care, I just want, I want some sort of culture change in itself. Good as the Irish people say, fair play to you. I keep I keep trying to figure out my slang and know what what is actual like universal slang and what's some weird residual Catholicism.
0: (laughs) I completely agree. agree. Yeah, I think the law informs the culture and the culture informs the law and both of those can be used together, but the law shows that we find it repugnant as a society. It doesn't stop it because we know all sorts, you know, peeing on the streets are legal now in this country. It hasn't stopped lots of men doing it but it's important to sort of say no that's we don't want to live in a street that's running with urine
1: yeah so, but it makes them look over their shoulder before they pee do you know what I mean like before with the oh when
0: yeah. <laughs> like, should I pee <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. No, it's <laughs> what I'm saying it's the Lord says we yeah. don't want to you know we don't want to live that way so could you all stop? And then at least actually you can say to someone oh mate that's illegal as opposed to I don't particularly want that on my shoes which is a different thing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, that's, that's really funny actually because Deborah, we actually I use that all the time but I say murder is illegal but people still do it but I am definitely going to use that thing about peeing on people's shoes that's much better than murder because sometimes it's violent because mm, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something
0: yeah. that happens in the street that's very unpleasant it can feel directed at you <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: i would love if there was like a whole podcast genre about people peeing on shoes though like some true crime where it's about public
0: urination i feel we're going to get a lot of new listeners this week and they're going to find us through they must have searches for this kind of thing people have got fetish for feet and for pee so you know listen if you've just joined us kinksters you're very welcome Uh, We embrace all kinks, but please come for the kink and stay for the feminism. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is great that you've seen it. You've gone, I've experienced this. I don't want to grow up in a world like this. I don't want other women and girls to experience this kind of thing. I'm going to do something about it. And especially like sisters together, because I think you've got that power. And then joining with somebody like Amica who's got that experience. So can you three give us some advice. So people are listening at home. I'm sure they're going to want to get involved with Our Streets Now, but if they've got their own thing they want to start, what's some advice from your book, Amica? first? And then Maya and Gemma, if you could think about some things you've learned as well, that would be really great. Maybe some things you suggested in the book. So Amica, what what are some tips for people?
4: Oh, okay. So one tip I would give is about the issue. I think, I don't know if Maya and Gemma, if you kind of relate to this, but I feel like there's so much pressure right now to solve huge issues. Like, for example, with period poverty, Jeremy, you nodding so enthusiastically, um, with period poverty, so many people would come up to me and say, you know, what about solving poverty first? Or this is a, you know, this is obviously a feminist issue, so why don't you solve patriarchy? And I was 17 and I didn't really know what I was doing and I was never going to be able to solve any of those things overnight. So I think kind of, narrowing things down into something that feels tangible thinking of a an actual realistic solution and then just targeting that is way less daunting it feels not as overwhelming as tackling something as huge as patriarchy and just boils it down to one thing and you can just focus on it make that your goal and I think that's what you guys have done really incredibly with um, public sexual harassment as well. My, and I think, Deborah, you actually talk about that in the book. I remember your, um, you kind of have your three tips and one of them is to start small. And I, I just think that's really valuable right now. The second one, another tip I would say is about community, kind of always looking for other people. I and mean, this kind of goes together in my mind with intersectionality and making sure that you're not just kind of sticking within your own echo chamber of the people who agree with you and look like you and have similar ideas to you, but also centering those voices that are often marginalized or have different experiences or maybe even disagree with you. Because that was one thing that I really learned through free periods is talking to to the people who thought, oh, actually, have you thought about it this way? Or have you considered um, like, menstrual cups, for example? And that actually really helps to kind of narrow and refine your own ideas and your own goal and solution because you're thinking about how to integrate those different perspectives and to be honest I do think we live in a world in, in a society right now where you can't really achieve much by just listening to your own voice and kind of working on your own experience and thinking that the world looks the same for everyone because it definitely doesn't and it definitely needs to have all those people with a variety of of experiences to be a layered campaign and goal that's going to work for everyone and oh I just trying to think of a third tip I think one two three feels quite right. um, solid in my mind and I would say I would say social media which is kind of the one thing that both I think of our campaigns have could never really exist without and kind of going back to the point about why activism feels so accessible and urgent right now, I think it is because we live in a world, especially in the pandemic, where we are kind of actually prevented from going outside and doing anything but looking at our phones and our laptops and using the internet. It's become our primary mode of communication and creativity and information as well. So I think we can actually really use that as a positive thing. I think we can use the fact that we're all isolated to connect more than ever before and actually build communities online that encourage activism and, and being kind of collaborative rather than competitive because definitely subconsciously as you know, children, as young women, we're taught to always compete and compare each other and beat the next person and do better than that person. And that's I, d- I think that's definitely a facet of patriarchy, but I think we can really overcome that by building networks and communities and working together. That sounds really,
1: really cliche. No, it does not. No, it doesn't. It sounds brilliant. It feels like a bloody big <laughs> bucket of cold water in my face. Like, it's really great. <laughs> that, that's the thing in the patriarchy, though. When you say something and it's good, and you're like, oh, it sounds cliche. It's, it's true. So, no. I refuse your okay. self-deprecation.
0: It sounds very, very useful. Start personal with something you love. Start small Uh, Sometimes it feels like you're not really doing anything, but actually, you know, you're a drop in the ocean, but lots of drops make an ocean. That's what an ocean is. It's lots of drops and it can certainly make a wave. Uh, Maya and Gemma. Um, I guess something that I
3: I always say when when I'm asked this, because I'm really famous. No, uh, I've been asked this like two (laughs) times, Um, but basically just like play to your strengths. I remember the start of the campaign Obviously, it was just me and Maya and I for a year. And I think we did it really well in the way that, like, Maya didn't have Instagram, absolute weirdo. And so I was like, look, Maya, thankfully, get off of my Instagram and I will never go near your emails because... um, And now now we've learned to, like, now I can send my own email without... Saying um an exclamation mark at the end of every sentence, but you know and she's learned to you know be really good with social media, so much better than me and things like Twitter, but I think if you like really try and force yourself to put yourself in a place where you're not comfortable it's not really necessary Like you can find someone to work with and i think that's just the beauty of activism and sort of a
0: a bit of a summary to all of your points Um, find a graphic designer who wants to be involved in something
3: oh my gosh exactly or download canva because they have great um illustrations that that you can steal really (laughs) easily for free um so you're allowed to do my tip sorry scrap that first bit download canva it's great It basically just makes Instagram posts for you, um, but you can just add in your own writing, which is great.
5: This is product placement, by the
1: way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There are some great tips here. Um, Amica, do you want to read anything from your book? Okay, I'll
4: I'll probably do something that the publishers will hate me for but i'll read the last page
0: (laughs) i don't know so please welcome to the mic amica george
4: campaigning is not something you embark on because it looks like a laugh or because you have a bit of spare time or you need a new challenge for a new year it comes from somewhere deep within from a flicker of hope that things can be better and from believing that we all have a part to play in making it happen From seeing a world which is battered and bruised by the complacency and denial of world leaders, from listening to their talk of progress as slow and steady change, when all we hear is the constant thumping of a ticking clock. From seeing fascists win elections and terrorist groups kill and maim, from knowing that not one single country on the planet has achieved gender equality, and that the perpetual reality of racism systemically disadvantages black and minority communities. Campaigning starts with hope. Hope is believing that the world can be better. It is seeing heroes in the shape of young people, red, raging and raw, taking to the streets and shifting the balance of power, rewriting what is possible and changing the world. It starts from fighting the small fires that everybody has overlooked, from knowing you may get scorched, but you do it anyway. If you're the kind of person who can imagine a more equal, more peaceful world, who will refuse to be silenced and will keep going even when the future looks bleak and the work feels futile, then you're ready to go. All you have to do is start.
3: Oh, amazing. Right. <laughs> Whoa! amazing. Amazing! Thank That's you. Great. Are you doing a spoken amazing. version of that? Because that was so inspiring. I got, like, goosebumps. <laughs> like, audible I'm version. I'm
1: thinking of campaigns I want to do. I'm like, yeah, oh. I'm going to change it
3: off.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, I've just finished reading the audiobook. And so I've kind of been doing that thing where you just hear your voice in your head and it's the <laughs>
0: worst thing ever.
2: Oh, <laughs> so, I
4: think you've got a lovely voice. It you
0: nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you very well. so much. God, my voice is very annoying when I listen back. I'm like, I can't oh, hear you sure. again, oh, I can't
4: hear Deborah.
0: Funnily enough, I was saying I find my own voice very annoying when I listen back. So maybe the <laughs> microphone cut out on purpose.
2: I mean, you're in, you're in the wrong
0: job. You're a podcaster. I know, <laughs> but that's why, that's why I feel it. You know, I listen back, oh, you again, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Shut up, I think to myself, because I'm a feminist. Okay, so I'm going to read a bit of what I wrote for Amika's book. This is a little bit about doing it small, which Amika talked about and me talking about in her book. Start small. If you feel like the world is screwed and you're too small to help, start with one mini action to see how it feels. Go to the Amnesty website, find a course that speaks to you, sign the petition or click the link that sends a letter to the right person. Think it doesn't do anything? Think again. Governments are often embarrassed into making changes because they see the world is watching and the cost of abusing human rights becomes too high for them. Send that petition along to one other person and invite them personally to sign it. If you have no money, amplify and ask people who do to donate to a cause. Follow a small movement, charity or organisation that might be feeling overshadowed by world events and encourage others to do the same. It'll give them a renewed boost to find they have 50 new followers. Do one small thing well. Then do another small thing well. I remember standing in a refugee camp watching a small child eating a hot meal and thinking of the person who donated the two pounds, the person who cut the vegetables, the person who stirred the pot and the person who dished it up with a smile. I realised then while the refugee crisis can seem overwhelming because governments won't take responsibility, lots and lots of small actions from us can have a huge impact. Consuming and doing, doing, doing doesn't work. We need to learn how to be together and make room for each other if the human race is to have a future on this planet. This is our time to ask if the changes imposed upon us contain any lessons for us. Activism is a demand for respect, equality and autonomy. Feminism demands control over our bodies, representation and legislation. During the pandemic and the lockdown, we've lost control over how many times a day we can leave the house and whether we can hug our mums or see our friends right now. Small things we took for granted. So it feels like a request for more control is futile, but it isn't. The system doesn't work. Lockdown is making its own case for that. It's time for us to step up and co-create a world we do want to live in. This is an opportunity, not an excuse for inaction. I understand this now from my time building the podcast and meeting some super sharp activists, movers and shakers. The very definition of influence is the power to shift things a little off the course, they'd have run without you. As Renée Lodge says, when asked how white people can be better allies to black people, work out where you have power. Can you convince your parents to do something? That's power. Could you get better representation in your school for a marginalised group if you made your voice heard? That's change. Could you put an important topic on the agenda of a group you belong to? That's influence, and influence is power. Working out where my influence is and using it to build networks of others who'll get online as an army or actually leave the house and head out to Calais to a refugee camp, that's incredible. That's a privilege. That's purpose. Oops, I what? did it did again. It again. <laughs> 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 Woo! Oh, that's
4: um,
1: amazing!
4: Thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you for your
0: Well, I hope you sell a lot of books. You should do because it's a great, it's a, this book, I'll give you a quote. This book is an incredible guide to starting small, starting with your passion and moving and shaking and actually changing things, changing your small part of the world. And that can lead to changing a much bigger part of the world. And that can lead to a genuine change that generations feel. If the suffragettes had just gone, it's really difficult, isn't it? We would still not have the vote. They were never going to give it to us. They were never, ever, 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 ever going to give it to us. We still wouldn't have it. But even the worst misogynists in this country now don't go around campaigning to take the vote away from women because that's normal now. So that's how much the world has changed because of that one action. And we can see that again and again and again. Uh, Changes have been made that are our normal, that are our things that we live with that we expect, that we would feel very angry if they were taken away. Almost everything you love is something someone fought for. Almost everything you take for granted is something someone else fought for. So we need to be brilliant ancestors. We need to be brilliant, great, great grandmother generations for girls, non-binary people, people of minority genders yet unborn. And also, you know, men who are marginalised as well. There are many men that are marginalised. So we need to be great at changing the world and making it a better place. So the first step you've got is buy Amica's book. Um, if you can't afford to buy it, then get it from a library. I'm sure it will be there. Uh, but also it, it'd be great to get the audiobook and let Amica read it to you. There's Kindles, there's all sorts. But if you can afford to buy it in a hardback, that would be great because Amica's a very young woman and she wants to do more of this kind of work when she leaves Cambridge and you buying her book will really help out with that. What do you want to do when you leave mm. Cambridge? Do you know, Amica?
4: I've realized that I'm being asked this at an increasing rate as I I'm get sorry, older, is which pressure. is to be expected. It's just that, no, 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 it's not pressure. I was thinking about doing a master's. I still kind of want to, but I don't think I'll do one straight away. I think I want to take a break and work on my activism a bit more and, yeah, kind of focus on on those things that I care about. And I think Maya we've kind of been in the same situation of, Constantly, and we kind of commiserate over this quite often, um, kind of balancing essays and work with activism. So I kind of want to just enjoy. Focusing on that, and also just take maybe
0: take a month off, maybe just to sort of chill and. (laughs) That would be nice. Yeah, I I will do that. Do a bit of Bridgerton binging, and you know that kind of thing for yourself. Take a bit of self care because you've overdone it. If you don't mind me saying, don't mean to be a mum, but (laughs) you're doing activism, you're writing a book that's probably going to be a Sunday Times bestseller. You're doing a degree from Cambridge, which I know is a is a hefty thing. So please take a little time for yourself before you continue to change and no doubt save our world. But in the meantime, thank you very, very much for everything that you're doing. Um, So Myra and Gemma, is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say or anything you would like to plug?
5: Uh, Just that, like, you know... Ending public sexual harassment is a massive, massive job, and we would appreciate any and all allies who read Amy's book and like, yeah, I want to make change. And if your your cause is public sexual harassment, we always need people in schools and in rooms with transport providers and in rooms with MPs. And we always want more more people joining us. So yeah, you can find us at Our Streets Now on any social medias or on our
0: website, OurStreetsNow.org. Great, check out what they're doing. It's important stuff, and. Gemma, you are still at school? Yes. Well,
3: I'm not in school, but technically,
0: yeah. yes. Yeah, you're still studying. What are you on? Are you on A-levels?
3: No, I'm in, I'm in year 11, so I, uh, I haven't even left yet. And I might be doing GCSEs, maybe.
0: You're still doing GCSEs, bloody hell. Um, it's so <laughs> impressive. And yeah, you're not yet finished, uh, Maya, you're not yet finished Cambridge, I assume? Yeah, I'm in the, the same boat as Amy of pretending that I've started my dissertation when I really, really haven't. Excellent. <laughs> so the best, best place to be. We've all been there and we never want to be there again, but good luck for no. you. you. Um, Amica, who else can we read in your book? Uh, tell us the other activists in the book. So altogether there are 28. You don't have to tell us um, all of them, but just can I, you pick out a few okay. that our listeners might like to hear about?
4: So Adra Boa, Scarlett Curtis... Gabby Edlin, Caroline Criado-Perez, Hannah Witten, Laura Corriton, the list goes on and on. But I would say there's a huge range of um, incredible activists who are from all around the world. Some people have done, have made, quote unquote, small changes in their community. Some people have led global campaigns and have millions of followers or very few followers. I don't think it matters to be an activist. And of course, the amazing Deborah Francis White and Myron Gemma Tutton as well.
0: Well, thank you very much for having us in the book. We're really, really all excited to read it, learn, be inspired and excited. And congratulations on your book coming out before you finished your degree. Absolutely amazing work, all of you. You're all so impressive. Uh, So let's have a big round of applause uh, for the incredible Maya and Gemma (coughs) Tutton. Woo! Woo! And the wonderful Amika George! Woo! Woo! Just got a text through from Bill Gates saying to send his love. So that's nice.
5: Um, Melinda, stop texting my
0: husband. <laughs> I mean, sisters need to support each other, Melinda. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and share husbands if necessary to get the job done. Grace Petrie, do you have a song for us?
2: Uh, maybe in a bit, but for now, uh, for these incredible guests who just are so inspiring in everything they're doing, um, I tried to stay on theme. I wasn't able to work in any Britney Spears puns during that discussion. I didn't want to cheapen it, but this, uh, uh, this, this is sort of an attempt to put into sort of musical language how incredibly inspired I find all of your work. Because I'm not a girl not yet a woman but every time I see fear in poverty and all that inequality it drives me crazy (laughs) I just can't sleep so sometimes I run campaigns to change (laughs) inequality has taught me it's you gotta work bitch (laughs) you gotta work bitch because (laughs) patriarchy is toxic hey yes uh, I wish I saw tour of Britney Spears for you that was incredible. during the
0: discussion, which I was still listening to. I did think Grace has not chipped in with any of Britney puns, but she's not... I was making notes. I she's not chipping in. I saw you working on something and I wasn't sure what it was. Well, that was incredibly impressive because you didn't have a chance to rehearse that because you weren't on mute. Uh, you so couldn't tell, could you? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I, I find that incredibly impressive. Uh, do you have a song that you'd do like want to, to do, sing say, do want you in do addition a to that? song. Yeah. No offence,
2: Britney Spears, but I don't think my slaughtering of your back catalogue necessarily counts. Um, Yeah, I will sing. I can't believe, I think I've never sung this on the podcast, which is mad because it's like my feminist song. Oh. Um, But I wrote a song, uh, one of the first songs that I wrote way back in like um, 2010, 2011, when uh, I was kind of similar, I guess, to Amica and... Um, My your ages, I was kind of more similar to your ages than I am now, and I was uh, that was when the kind of like first student movement was uh, happening in response to austerity, and uh, and I wrote this song around about that time, and it's uh, it's it's, it was just about this kind of incredible feeling of so many people coming together uh, for kind of like a shared common purpose, and I'd never been involved in anything like that before, and I uh, it really kind of kickstarted my activism, and I think for so many people who are sort of my generation. It was a really politically fertile time. Um, and I wrote a song about it, and it's, uh, it's called Emily Davison Blues. And I'm sure I don't have to tell the listeners of this podcast or indeed anybody on this call who uh, I refer to in that song. But if anybody is listening who doesn't know, um, Emily Wilding Davison is the uh, suffragette who famously died underneath the king's horse. Uh, in 1913 i believe to uh protest the women's right to vote and um and i wrote a song about it and it's called emily Davison blues and it goes it's- stop the clocks and open up your ears and drown out one flastering because there's more than say something. We've come to break down the walls, we've come to burn down the halls of history. We've come to set fire to this land and demand accountability. When you said you couldn't hear us, we sang louder and then When all the king's horses and all the king's men Couldn't put this country back together again When no one's listening, only violence makes the news I've got the Emily Davison Blue. Clocks and open up your ears and hear our voices sing. In every street across this land, let the sound of revolution ring. we come to take back what's ours, we've come to make the powers for. you couldn't hear us, we sang louder and then When all the king's horses and all the king's men Couldn't put this country back together again When no one's listening, only violence makes the news I've got the Emily Davison blues Sing. Cause there's more than one voice here, and baby, we've come to say something. 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 To say something. So we must over the mountains, we must. When you said you couldn't hear us, we sang louder. And then when all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put this country back together again, when no one's listening, only violence makes the news. I've got the Emily Davison blues. When no one's listening, only violence makes the news It's not an option that we'd ever gladly choose But it seems whichever way I vote I always lose And there's no victim, no minority who's hopes you won't stand on, won't abandon, won't abuse When only millionaires and Tories write the news I've got the Emily Davison Blue.
0: much that's beautiful Thank you so much <clears throat> um, sorry grace not to not yeah. to complain but how have you been doing this podcast so long <laughs> 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 a, song, a song about a famous suffragette under a horse it did
2: just occur to me yeah while everybody was talking i was like i can't believe i haven't sung this on the guilty family no me neither because uh, some, some of the songs some of the songs have been a I real stretch scroll- if i'm honest yeah, I, I'm yeah. glad that I can. <laughs> some them... I mean, some of them yeah, are do Yeah, I like, know. Fucking tell me about it. Yeah. I mean, just, I, I <laughs> yeah. mean, this is
0: this is a very obscurely linked. I mean, it's a lovely tune, I've thought, but I don't know what this yeah. has got to do with feminism, I've thought. Well, and here, I'll she's tell you been what, sitting on this, sitting on this baby. I'm just
2: very, I'm just very pleased that after, you know, n- 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 10 months in lockdown, I can still read <laughs> the old back
1: catalogue for the occasional gem I that mean... I've forgotten <laughs> about from 2011. So here we go. I can't believe yeah. you. you've made a song up on the spot and now you've done this. Like, that is, that is really <laughs> both yeah. sides of your brain. Incredible. Well, I, I don't want to break it to you, Alison, but some of those earlier lyrics
0: were by Britney
2: Spears. <laughs> 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 plagiarism.
0: This has been absolutely a delight. What a fun show.
1: It, has it really amazing. has. Thank you so much for it's asking amazing. me to co-host this. I just want to say that, like, it's so great virtually meeting you and I've had such a lovely time listening to Grace and... Yeah, just to say thank you. It's a pleasure and an honour to be involved and to be on this Zoom. Oh, I feel very same. much like a person in a corner that's just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. It's like I'm in that mm. Love Island WhatsApp group where I stay very quiet on it. Because I don't want people <laughs> to know me. That I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm in that Island WhatsApp, WhatsApp group.
0: group. There's a Love Island I'm in WhatsApp group. group with lots of very glamorous people on it. and uh, I'm in that
4: group and every time I see a notification, I just look at it and laugh but I can't bring myself to say anything but Deborah, you you're whipping out the jokes every day I think you are She doesn't
1: even watch Love Island like that's how she is I don't even watch Love one.
0: occasionally I watch five minutes just so I can make a contemporary relevant joke but mostly honestly I just I banter on the bants I'm not I, I don't care You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Alison Spittle, and our very special guests, Amika George and Maya and Gemma Tutton, with music from Grace Petrie. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The producer was Tom Silinski for The Spontaneity Shop, thanks to Rachel Craftman, Gina Deeseo, and everyone who made this episode happen, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, Go and buy, make it happen, get pre-order it. That would help Amica out. It's a guide to uh, activism, life, and the self. Don't miss it. Also, welcome to go if you need to go. I mean, I know you two have dissertations. You know, Gemma has GCSE coursework. You're Jay- Grace, <laughs> you're also doing some GCSEs, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, home science, dog looking after. How to be Fokie yeah, Ben I'm when just, he's not I'm there. I'm
2: doing, a, I'm doing a GCSE and writing bad poems about straight girls. That's all I did in year 11, trust me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Studying yes, yeah. Instead, that, that has worked out for you. You now make Thank a very you. good living just basically singing, putting those, putting those poems to music. Don't, don't knock it. <laughs> I know. I don't
2: know why I'm complaining, yeah. No, career. Me off. neither.